Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another thrilling edition of You Wouldn't Get It. Connor McPartland alongside your younger brother and co-host, Aiden McPartland. Say hi to the people, Aiden. Hello. We uh, are recording this on uh, Monday. Uh, on Saturday night, we saw Jacob Elordi host Saturday Night Live musical guest Renee Rapp. Um, I, w- I like a lot of stuff about Jacob Lordy. I would say one of his strengths isn't necessarily live sketch comedy. No, it didn't seem like it from from what that episode was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Rachel McAdams cameoed, so everything's right in the world. Exactly. Uh, but this was the mid-season uh, point of, yeah. of the show. and their, so It was their first of the year. Yep, first of 2024, and so we thought... Uh, we would do just a quick check-in recap of our thoughts of the season so far. What what are your thoughts of this season so far, Aiden? They're, they're bouncing back. At least I thought uh, from like the early episodes. It seems like they're bouncing back after last year's uh, huge cast turnover, the biggest that they've ever had. I think they're finally starting to at least understand what they're trying to do now. Yeah, I I thought they sort of lucked out that their season wasn't derailed too much because of the strikes. Mm -hmm. They were able to start around the same time that they usually do. They premiered the second Saturday of October. They usually premiere like the last Saturday of September, the first Saturday of October. Um, And then there was a big question as like, well, who the actor strike still going on? So. Hosts yeah, and all that. And they had Pete Davidson hosted the season premiere. So obviously, you know, he's very familiar with the show. Um, and Bad Bunny wasn't that bad. Um, I thought, I thought he, I, now granted, he did have like Pedro Pascal came in for a few sketches. Yeah. Like he had some help. But the biggest swing I thought that they did was uh, Nate Bargatze. Mm. Let, let's talk about him. Well, I just remember like when I first saw that, I was like, uh, first of all, I honestly had to like Google him because I yes. knew his I knew, face yes. in my head. I just had it to confirm that that's who it was. But I was like, oh, this is what people were talking about before. Like now we're, he's probably one of the least famous people to ever host the show. And yet I think it's maybe he's, the most successful episode of the season so far. He was actually really, really good in it. I think that his style of comedy, which is like almost feels like improvisational in, instead of like actually having like a full out script. Yeah. Just kind of like has an idea and then just rolls with it. It is very, very old school Saturday Night Live where they would have a stand up comedian come on and it was almost an attempt at elevating mm-hmm. them. I think that's one of the complaints that the show's been through in the past 10 years is that they have more of these serious actors like Jacob Lordy come on and host and not enough stand up comedians. Most of the time, it does not work i thought that this was a case where it did i thought that it was really i think that he his style of comedy like just kind of worked with everybody in the like all the writers in that show yeah what do you think the reception to this season has been so far because obviously what we associate it with saturday night live just as much as the show itself is saturday night dead and yes, nobody the constant conversation the constant conversation about is this show gone i think this is just what happens when you're on the air for as long as they are but also mm-hmm. when people like watch a show when they're growing up and really form yes. a connection with the cast that was on when they were growing up this is this is why like nobody likes the show past when they were like 15 watching yeah. it because they're like this the the phil hartman dana carvey days were the best days and then no it was actually the will ferrell you know molly shannon days mm-hmm. but what do you think the critical reception has been so far have you I think heard anything noticed I've, anything i've really not heard anything about this season but just from my perspective 
it seems like they're really honing in on Gen Z. It yeah. seems like they have found like or at least are trying to get that audience of Gen Zers. Yeah, just based on some of the like sketches the, they've uh, picked. The sketches, the hosts, the musical guests. Yeah. I, this last Jacob Lordy episode, it seems like they were really really yeah. going for it. Yeah, the Alordi Renee rap combo. I mean, she even came on to do a sketch and a lot of these sketches in that episode were just kind of based on like the central concept of hey Jacob Alordi is really, really hot. It's really really hot. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um it's I had also kind of the same thing with Timothy Chalamet. It was, extent. which was an incredibly also Gen Z. I mean, they they're having a lot more younger people come on and host. Um I think I have heard that it's that they do very, very well on socials that like on Instagram, TikTok, they are doing very well in terms of, of views. Well, because everybody picks like one sketch. They, they do. Pick, usually it's the one where the musical guest is already on it, is on it, and then then the internet takes it and runs with it. Yeah. Um do do you think this class, because you brought up a good point about um two seasons ago. I think um, they lost a bunch of performers, like seven or eight major, major cast People members. People who had been on the show for a while. Yes, like Kate McKinnon, A.D. Bryant, Cecily Pete Strong, Davidson. Pete Davidson, um, our beloved Kyle Mooney. Has this class, do you think, been able to find their tone, their voice? They have figured out their strong players now. Yes. For sure. Yeah, I think that they figured that out. They now know that Sarah Sherman is the funniest person in the cast, so they throw her in uh, as much as possible. Yeah. And I com- I'm completely forgetting uh, the dude who did that rap with Timothy Chalamet. I'm completely forgetting that dude's name. But mm-hmm. uh, he's. it seems like they really like him and are throwing yeah. him in on a bunch of different things. Yeah. I, I think that this is a complaint of the the recent years is that there's way too many cast members there that is there that. yeah i think i agree with that well here's the thing it seems like they are now just set in their ways that there's going to be 17 18 cast members because whenever we're, we reach the end of the season and three leave they hire three or four new ones to come and i think that in part was a covid decision you could mm-hmm. always have backup people in case somebody got covid but also they're more free than ever now to pursue other projects i mean ad bryant Pitch shrill, shot shrill, and ended shrill, and then stayed on the show for two more seasons. You know, why she simultaneously was doing that Hulu yeah. series. Um, and that's famously like not something that Lauren Michaels allowed in the 70s, like denying Gilda Radner doing other projects besides Saturday Night Live. But if you watch the show, there's really, yes, there's 17, 18 people, but there's really only like seven or eight that seven really or matter. eight per show and really. you and you were hitting on it but like chloe Feynman, heidi gardner ega woda mikey day bowen yang keenan thompson sarah sherman and then maybe marcelo hernandez who's maybe, coming up yeah. a little bit um just because he, his stuff does really really well on socials as well yeah, i think very much a lot so. of people yeah. find him attractive um those are like the varsity players those are the power hitters Everybody else yeah. is kind of expendable. They could say they're always like the background people who have one line, but you're not going to see like Heidi Gardner in a like background for one. Line, no, no, know? like the the other people like could go the entire like two weeks without having any screen time at all. Many of them have gone that way. Yeah, exactly. So like they're 
this is this is the new normal. I don't think that they're ever going to go back to a point where they only have eight to ten cast members. But at the same time, it's it, they still have that, and and every now and then you will get somebody coming in for for a weekend update piece. They. Do, do you believe that the SNL star-making machine, because this is also a complaint that a Ooh. lot of people have, is dead? Do you believe Ooh. that that's still true? That's a good question. I, I, I would say not the way that it used to be. Yes. The way that it used to be, it would be like Chevy Chase is the biggest star in the world on SNL. Right. And then he does like seven of the biggest comedy movies. Yeah, you transition into movies Eddie Murphy, huge example of this. Will Ferrell. Yeah. Um, but now, uh, I guess past Kate McKinnon, mm-hmm. there hasn't really been like a star to come out of it. But I also just think it's because like those kinds of comedy movies mm-hmm. are not as big as they once were. Yeah, I think that's which a- is just unfortunate. Yeah, it is. I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see what this cast does. Because, like, like Heidi Gardner, for example, she's in her seventh season. I believe her contract is up at the end of this season. And she hasn't done that much to capitalize on her fame. She was in Hustle, the Adam Sandler basketball movie. She was in a couple episodes of Shrinking next year. But, like, I have no idea what her career no, aspirations like, are. like, that's another thing. It's, like, a lot of these people... I just like haven't seen anything else. Like Mikey Day yes. has only been on SNL. Yes. Well, he hosted. Um, is it Cake? What is that show on? Netflix? Oh my the, god! The yes, show. the world famous that went from yeah. like a TikTok cool TikTok trend to hey, let's make this into forty minute episodes, and then it just does gangbusters on Netflix. Um, <laughs> so, so stupid. But yeah, I mean, it's an, it's important for like Heidi Gardner to come up with it because. You, do, you don't want to stay that that's, I think, something that I would agree with people when they say that maybe cast members stay on for a little too long. Mm-hmm. I am a huge member of the Kate McKinnon fan club. Yes. Yes, you are. I do think she stayed on the show for two or three seasons longer than she should have. What do you what do you think is like the ideal time for someone to be a cast member? I think it's seven seasons. I think that's initially if you get promoted to because you start off as, as a like series regular. featured player yeah and then if you get promoted to series regular i think the contract is seven years i think that's the ideal time frame to be on the show um and and i think now we're seeing because like we were talking about before you can still do projects outside of the show and so we're seeing people stay on for a little bit longer than they should i mean who was the last big snl star I think some people would maybe say Pete Davidson. I guess probably him. But that's still like an in the works thing. We still haven't really <laughs> seen him. I mean, I know he's like, he's famous. We still haven't seen him lead something. So maybe Bill Hader, maybe? Really? You think Bill Hader? I mean, I I guess Bill Hader is, I, would you say Kate McKinnon is like a star or? I don't, I don't know. Cause that's, I, I am very confused on Kate McKinnon's level of fame. Well, she, she has really bad agents, I think. Like, I mm. think she is getting handed really bad projects. She just signed on to star in the Minecraft movie starring Jason oh, Momoa. And I did groan when <laughs> I read that for the first time. You She's, groan, I say, I am watching that. I I know you're in on the Minecraft movie. Dude, I know. I can't I can't I can't not watch it. 
yeah, I don't remember a time in my life where I didn't know Minecraft, you know? Okay, that's because I was wondering, like, is the nostalgia factor over? Because I didn't know if, like, 11 to 12-year-olds still, like, play Minecraft after school at the Here's library a, like I did. Counter Five Nights at Freddy's. Five Nights at Freddy's did so True. well. And it's for an audience, like, that are my age, you know? I'm I'm sure it will do well. But that, that movie has gone through a ton of turns. There was once upon a time that Rob McElhenney was supposed to write and direct it. And then he <laughs> left and went to make Mythic Quest, which is inspired by his experience of working on that movie for the short period of time that he did yeah i'm um, not i i don't know if it's actually gonna come out anytime soon i'm not it's dated for 2025 i don't know if that's there they have reportedly shot started shooting in new zealand and yeah she she was cast in it and i was just like because uh, that was probably the best episode of the season her hosting and the I christmas episode it, and you I missed was it out of the house you were at a christmas party uh that was probably the best episode and i was a little dubious because i was like maybe it's a little too soon for her to come um back and host but i don't know i, th- I think people who say that the show is dead are the same people that probably haven't watched the show that's in that's the big 45 thing. years yes absolutely they have not seen like a full episode of it because i think it's probably just the exact same as it's always been i think it's fine the one thing that i will agree with people on is that the the cold open is like dead like their their political Dude, humor they is are terrible the worst every single time they come on i'm genuinely considering asking you to like eh, what episode of friends is on you can save the 10 minutes like you don't have to and i almost wish that they would just like put it put a sketch in the cold open like whatever they're considering cutting what they need to do if they really want to like elevate their show to another level they have to at the very least, stop with these Trump cold opens because they're just not funny. This last one for Lordy was pretty unwatchable. It, like, was, it, was, it, it was, was unbelievable. It was bad. terrible. It was unwatchable. But if they just, or at least did something like a fun, like pop culture moment thing. Which they do occasionally. Sometimes if it's like a slow news week, they'll do it. But more often than not, they're doing these political cold opens and they're just bad. They've they. It's shocking to me that they haven't been able to figure out Joe Biden. Like they keep changing. Like yeah. they, Jim Carrey really did not work when he was on. Mm-hmm. Um, looking back, those were not very good sketches. And I think even I think one of the problems is they they're hitting like even like when Sudeikis would play him, he was playing like the cool vice president Joe Biden, yeah. and nobody's learned how to play the old man Joe old, Biden. Old man, yeah. In Woody office. Harrelson was trying to do the. Uh... I yeah Woody, I like Woody Harris. I, like I thought Woody I liked his like constant like he he played the confusion where am I very well. Yes. He didn't look his anything like him. Overly white teeth though yes. were like actually I, a fun I, detail. That's a good point. I did yeah, he he probably got the closest of anybody, but they haven't been able to figure out him. It's going to be a tough. It's already going to be a tough political it's gonna, it's season, a, it's a but tough. yeah, we're going to be in a rough 2024 yeah. and i wonder how they do the the debate sketches when they eventually come to them because i don't think they're gonna be as popular as certainly no. the 2016 ones no uh, i mean the 2016 ones you could could you say that 2016 was the peak of snl 
I don't peak of popularity. I also think there's some people that were like, this is when SNL sort of started SNL going down here yeah. because they relied a lot on bringing these outside celebrities to play the big uh, political leaders. And they did way too many Trump sketches and stuff like that. But those sketches were like cultural moments. They were huge. I remember being in elementary school. Yeah. And everybody just was quoting it. Yeah. Like they would quote them. They would they there would be anticipation for whenever they came back. Mm-hmm. And now we we can't sit through any cold open. They go if you're gonna do them, only make them like five or six minutes. Exactly. I feel like they ten minutes is way too they long, now especially when minutes. it's the same joke over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. Um Finally, real quick, like we've now gotten the 50th anniversary of the show is happening next February. We've officially kind of gotten the point where there's like talks about, you know, who's going to be Lauren Michaels successor. Mm -hmm. He's going to be 80 years old um, at the end of season 50. He has not officially said that he is going to retire in spring of 2025 after that season. But when you're 80 years old, as we've learned from succession, you know, you got to start thinking about who's going to take over it seems like the front runners have always been tina fey or seth myers now i've read mm-hmm. a couple pieces that suggest a lot of nbc executives would like to see colin jost and michael che kind of take over as co-showrunners um but between seth myers and tina fey who do you think would be best who would to be take best? over um I mean, I would say Tina. I think Tina Fey's jokes just land a lot better with me. Mm-hmm. So I would say her. And I also think she's probably realistically the one who's going to do it. Because I don't know if Seth Myers is going to want to leave late night. I, I think that he yeah. has created such a strong like family there. Mm-hmm. And he's been there for how many years? Like uh, Over 10. 10 I think. years. Yeah. So I don't know if he's going to. Uh, go over to SNL and just stop all that. I would love to see Seth Meyers take over the show, and I completely agree with everything that you said. Late Night is actually probably my favorite talk show of the, it's of the late night bunch. It's probably the most consistent. Yeah. I think they consistently get like exciting guests. I think they do, and I think his interviewing style is the one that has sort of translated. It, it feels kind of the most... Um, Real? Not generic, the most real. Thank you. Yeah, like the most or- organic compared mm-hmm. to everybody else. I I find him incredibly charming, incredibly funny. Yes. I thought yeah. he was the MVP of the Strike Force Five podcast last year, and we've seen that he's been able to pick really good writers. Like, and he's because he's put them on a spotlight. Really, he has he them on their show a lot. Writers. He yes. loves writers, and um, every other story he told on the Strike Force Five podcast seemed to be about SNL. So mm-hmm. he still has a love of that. I get that he just—I I think he signed an extension not too long ago. But you know, we don't know where late night's going. NBC might get to the point where they're like, "Is it? Does it financially make sense to have a twelve thirty-five late night write show?" This down podcast idea. Mm-hmm talking about late night i it would be really interesting to sort of dive in i think that we should do that yeah. um because it's going a very interesting direction with everything that's happening at the daily show and everything that's happening with podcasts right mm-hmm. now uh they could i i wonder if nbc finds a need for for i and i think he does get like less than a million viewers a night. Yeah, he doesn't get that many. He's definitely not the most popular one. Yeah, so I I think he would be a really, really good successor. I I think both of them are great options. Oh, and both absolutely. of them would 
like turn the show in a very interesting direction and i'd be very fascinated to see like what each of them would do with it yeah i think it would also be super quick um it wouldn't necessarily be a messy passing of the torch i think because i think they would make yeah it would make sense yeah they're both very well respected already within there they they were head both head writers for such a such a long time um i'll get out on this what has been your favorite episode of the season so far um you go first because i'm blanking on all the episodes i think it would probably be the kate mckinnon episode it already got me with christmas the christmas mm-hmm. episodes Everyone are usually the episode. best um and i thought billy eilish did, gave a really good performances the musical guests um i thought there were a number of sketches that really worked um the pete davidson one though looking back i really like the pete davidson one that was old school snl host where it's just him he doesn't have any celebrities come in to make cameos mm-hmm. he's in every single sketch in a meaningful way uh i was very dubious of it just because he really was not a cast member for those last two seasons <laughs> even not. though he officially was he wasn't in he was like in like two episodes in total of all those seasons he didn't show up for an entire season and then he did on because he was like shooting too. all the yeah. the stuff in the movies did i ramble king of staten island he was the king of staten island the tv show yes bupkis yes, bupkis. yes. That's different what it's name called. different name did i ramble long enough for you to come up with an answer i still can't think of it i nate, think nate bargatze i think he would probably yeah i found like that to be the most enjoyable one yeah that was definitely you know it's you know like the tone of an episode depending on the person's monologue and i just think his monologue was actually really really fun yeah it was it was you can always get a little shaky with those stand-up ones uh because sometimes they can go on for a very long time Mm -hmm. uh but i thought he and i think his knowing too of like this is probably the biggest like stage yeah. i'm ever gonna be on um even though he's had a number of netflix specials um most disappointing hands down was emma stone yeah that was that I, was unfortunate it was, it really was. It w- she is one of the more famous hosts of the last 15 years um she's she was, always in the conversation yeah. of like maybe like one of the best hosts ever yeah and the, she was joining the five timers club and it the, it wasn't her fault. It was the writing's fault. The sketches yeah. were just terrible. Yeah, they were really unfunny. Long sketches. Yeah, that well. just, they went on a while. Yeah. And, however, I do love that Noah Khan performance. That, that was that was the standout. Drum. That was because I'd never heard of any of his songs before, and it was a standout to see him perform. Um, well, thank you so much for listening to this episode.